Well, Merry Christmas. My name is Brian. I'm the pastor here at Faith Lutheran Church. And on behalf of the leadership of our congregation, we do want to welcome each and every one of you here. Uh, it's good to have you. I know we've got a lot of guests here, and uh, it's great to have you. Uh, we want to just encourage you to lean in, to listen, to just continue uh, to celebrate and to consider what God has to say to us. It's especially fun having a bunch of little kiddos here. Um, because of the energy that they bring. I love the energy uh, that the kids uh, bring into all of our lives. They help us to anticipate, uh, to be eager, and to lean in to really consider what God uh, wants to say to us. So if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to just keep them open to Luke 2. I know Eden read that just a minute ago, uh, but let's have a word of prayer as we invite the Lord uh, to come and to continue to move among us. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this Christmas Eve. God, we've been planning this day for a long time. In many ways, God, both uh, practically and, um, but in ways, Lord, we just need you to come and remind us again of your birth into this world, the ways, God, in which you touch us and meet us. And Lord, I know some people have been away from the church for a while. Others have been uh, walking with you closely. But God, you just invite us all to come in this place and this time to join with you as we consider your word again. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable. For you are indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, I think one of the reasons why we love Christmas so much is because whether you're a, a churchgoer, whether you're a Jesus follower, kind of wherever you're at in your relationship with God, there's something about the Christmas, Christmas message uh, that reminds us that everything is going to be all right, right? I mean, we, we think about Christmas and, and we think about all the messages that go out and there's just something that invites us to kind of lean forward and consider all the ways in which the world is just inviting us. We sing about it, we consume all sorts of different activities and there's just that constant reminder that everything is going to be all right. It's that, in, that invitation to hope because we live in a messy, broken world. And even the movies that we watch the messages are all the same. Everything is going to be all right. I mean, we know by the end of the movie, Rudolph is going to play with all the, in all the other reindeer games. We know Buddy is going to be reconciled with his father. We know Ralphie is going to not have to don that bunny suit, and he is going to get the Red Rider BB gun. We know that Kevin is going to be reunited with his parents. We know that Clarence is going to get his wings. We know that Clark is going to eventually get those Christmas lights hung and that he is going to get the Christmas bonus. And we know that John McClane is going to sh uh, throw Hans Gruber out the window and the world will be saved, right? And you're all thinking, yippee Kaye, right? I mean, we just know because at the end of the movie, everything is going to be all right. And, you know, whether they're silly movies or exciting movies or tense movies or touching movies, at the very end, all the circumstances come together and we feel really, really good. And all the circumstances are just like, ah, we just, we want to experience those circumstances in our lives. 
And I want to remind us as we continue to worship the Lord and consider the story that Eden just read to us, that that is not the gospel message, that everything is going to be all right in our lives. But Jesus came into the world not for our circumstances, but for a relationship, to restore that relationship between us and God. That is the message that God has come into the world to restore our relationship with, with him that was broken so long ago. And I would imagine some of you came to worship today not so much with joy in your heart. You're not feeling joy. Maybe you came to worship today feeling a little bit stressed because of a financial situation. Maybe you came to worship feeling discouraged because of a broken or strained relationship. Maybe you came to worship frustrated because of all that's going on at your job or in uh, your career, and you're just not where you want to be. And I even know some of you here worship today that you are dealing with a significant health issue, and you're not feeling so joyful on this Christmas Eve. But I got good news, because I said just a moment ago, Jesus Christ came into the world not so much to restore our circumstances, or make everything good, like in the movies. But Jesus came into the world to restore that relationship with God. So whatever, whatever's on your mind, or your heart, or whatever's got you down, or you're, you're not feeling the joy, you need to know that joy can still be yours. You can still experience God's peace and joy in your life. Joy is possible. I want you to hear that, even if you're not feeling it right now. It's that time of year where we, we listen and think about the story of Jesus coming, and they called him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And, you know, really, that is the story of the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with his people over and over and over, and going right back to the very beginning in the book of Genesis. This is how God made the world. He made the world, and on each day, he just spoke, and everything was good, and it was beautiful. And, and day after day, as God spoke, God looked around and said, ah, this is good. And then God said, well, I need an image bearer here. It's not quite good enough. And so God got together the dust of the earth, as Genesis tells us, and he created a man, and he just spoke a human being into existence. Adam, which literally means in Hebrew, man or mankind. And this is where we, of course, get the name Adam. And so there God puts together this man and he, he looks at him. He's like, wait, one more thing. And God breathes the breath of life into this man, the Ruach. And this man comes alive. And God says, ah, this is very good. But it's not good for man to be alone. And so God creates a woman. And so they're God and this, this man, Adam and Eve, they're, they're together. And everything is really, really good for about one verse of Scripture. Because wouldn't you know when the relationship, this Emmanuel, God with us, it's, it's perfect, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, man screws it up. 
Because in that moment, when they've got this wonderful relationship between God and man, God and humankind, man said, forget you, God. I don't need you, God. I'm going to do what I want with who I want when I want. And the man turns their back on God. And of course, in that moment, they sin. And the relationship is broken. And things go downhill. As they go downhill, God says, I'm not finished yet. Even though we are separated, because God being holy, God being perfect, cannot be in relationship with you and me, those of us, all of us who are sinful. God says, it is impossible. But one day, one day I am going to send someone to come into the world to restore this relationship in the Old Testament, in Genesis 3.15, it's this idea of the proto-evangelium. Proto meaning first, evangelium meaning good news. I mean, way back in Genesis, Genesis 3, long before the Messiah shows up, God is already promising that someone is going to come along and rescue and save the people again. And he calls him a, a, a snake a destroyer, a snake crusher. And in Genesis 3.15, God says, You're, this person that I'm going to send, this Messiah, he's going to be a savior, and he's going to step on the head of the snake. And one day, the relationship between God and man, between God and humankind, will be restored. And over and over throughout the Old Testament, what we read is this passage after passage, story after story of God and man trying, man trying to reconcile to God. But over and over, there's just this, this chasm, this sinful chasm between man and God. And the people try over and over and over to be in relationship with God. And they wait years, hundreds of years, even thousands of years. They wait for this rescuer, this Messiah to come again and restore the relationship. Because they're longing, like we're longing, for the joy to come back into our lives. See, in the midst of waiting for joy, we spend a lot of time seeking after happiness, don't we? And happiness is that thing in our lives that's it's fleeting. It comes and goes. And there's a big distinction between joy and happiness. Joy is that thing we can have in our lives regardless of circumstances. Whatever is going on, whatever you brought into the doors to worship this afternoon. But happiness is that thing that comes and goes. In fact, some of you are going to be sitting around tomorrow morning and enjoying time with friends and family and opening presents. And by about 11 o'clock, some of you, your happiness is already going to be gone because you'll have bought the wrong size batteries. Or your toddler will have had a meltdown. Or they'll look up at you and say, I'm bored. Right? I mean, this is happiness in our lives. It comes and it goes. But God promises us this joy that can be in spite of, regardless of what our circumstances in our lives. And this is why Christmas is so important and this is why Christmas is such a big deal. And, and when the angels came to the shepherds and said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. What the angels were saying is this joy has come not only just to fill you, but this joy. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. 
He's come to reestablish and fix the broken relationship. I think that's worth celebrating. And we need that reminder year after year after year at Christmas time that Christ has come to restore joy into the world. And I know many of us, uh, we exchange gifts as a way of celebrating Jesus Christ as the gift who has come into the world. How many of you are going to open uh, gifts this evening? Anybody going to open some gifts this evening? Okay. How many of you are going to open some gifts tomorrow? Okay. How many of you are going to have already opened gifts? You're going to open more gifts and you're going to open gifts tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a progression, right? Yeah, I mean, gift giving is a big part of uh, how we celebrate Christmas. How many of you, one last question, are going to get a gift from Santa? Come on. Anybody going to get a gift from Santa? Some, yeah, that's there. We got some honest answers right there. Santa Claus, of course, has kind of worked his way into our Christmas tradition. And, and Santa Claus is fun because, you know, he's got the red uh, outfit. Um, uh, he's happy all the time. Ho, 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 right? Santa Claus is awesome, but there are some downsides to Santa Claus. And I think the biggest downside to Santa Claus is that uh, it's really based on your works. It's really based on whether you've been naughty or nice, right? I mean, now Santa Claus, it's, it's, we've come to this place where he's not enough. He's, he's, he sees you when you're waking. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake, right? But come on, Santa Claus can't be everywhere, so what has he done? He's enlisted some elves, right? And I don't know about you, but the past couple weeks I've seen these elves on the shelf kind of everywhere. Is that creepy? I find that kind of creepy that I've, there's these elves watching me. And, and the idea of Santa Claus is that he's got, you know, these lists and he's, he's taking notes on you and, and he's communicating to your moms and dads too. And he's, he's letting, you, letting your, them know if you've been bad or good. It's just like, ah! And maybe you'll make the list. I think most of you think you will make the list. But the message of Santa Claus is that he's watching you. And if you're not been good, you need to try harder. And if you do, get a gift from Santa Claus. You know this. You get one because you earned it, right? You made the nice list. Yeah. God has another list. And there's two categories, naughty and nice. But the criteria are different. God doesn't grave on a curve. The category is simply this, to be nice in God's estimation, how God's standard is perfection and holy. Which means none of us made the nice list this year. There's only one person on the nice list. And his name is Jesus. And this is the very reason why he came in to the world. Because 30-some years later, Jesus is going to take all of our naughtiness to the cross. And he is going to get what we deserve 
Being naughty, we deserve a lump of coal, right? We deserve death. But Jesus says, what we're going to do is we're going to switch it up here. I'm going to give you my righteousness, and I'm going to take on your naughtiness. Martin Luther called this the great exchange at the cross. And this is the, one, the, the miracle of both Christmas and the cross and why they come together and why it's so important that we talk about these things at the very same time. Because if, like Santa Claus, we all get what we deserve, we're all in big trouble, right? But Jesus comes and says, I want to give you what you don't deserve. I'm going to give you a gift. We, of course, call this gift grace. Doesn't matter what you did this year. Doesn't matter about your behavior. Jesus says, I simply want you to come and receive this gift of grace, this gift of forgiveness. And I think this is the radical message of Christmas and Easter that the world cannot get their heads around because it sounds too good to be true, right? We get Santa Claus. We don't get Jesus. But this is why the good news is so good. And so I want to close by just inviting each one of us to not leave the gift under the tree this Christmas Eve. Because it's so easy to hear that message and say, wow, that's great. And then just walk on with the rest of our lives. But in order to receive a gift, we have to be open to it and actually unwrap that gift in our lives. Jesus says, I want to make my home with you. I want to walk with you, not just on Christmas Eve, but all year long. And you're not going to all of a sudden automatically become less naughty. But my righteousness has covered you. And over time, I'm going to sanctify you. I'm going to make you holy. But most importantly, we are going to be in relationship again. And this is the message of Christmas, where joy to the world can come into all of our hearts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this incredible gift that you give to us at Christmas time. Lord, we are so grateful for the ways in which you restored the relationship between you and us, your people. And God, I know as we go out from this place this afternoon, this evening, we're still going to have our circumstances. They're going to be difficult and challenging. But God, even in the midst of that, you promise us joy because you have invited us to walk with you again. So Lord, I want to pray for each person who is here this afternoon, whether live, in person, or tuning in online. Just that invitation to come and make your home in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives again. Because God, when we do that, when we are open to that, receiving that gift, you promise a peace and a joy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.